Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another segment here on GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, welcome in. You're now part of the tribe. I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. With me today is Laura DeSisto, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about Laura. Laura DeSisto is a lifelong writer and reader. When her children left the nest, despite her lifelong fear of sharks, she took up scuba diving and got quickly hooked on the sport. Since then, she has had numerous close encounters with the world's most dangerous sharks and says that facing down one of her biggest fears has totally transformed her. Taking up scuba diving led her into a whole new world of people and adventures. She details these experiences in her award-winning memoir, Resurfacing Sisterhood, Sharks and Storms. She holds a degree in English from Boston College. So without further ado, please welcome Laura DeSisto, and we're going to be diving into how she's helping people uncover their dreams. Welcome, Laura. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. My pleasure. Thank you for being here and sharing and holding space. So we're going to jump into the connection part of the segment where it's the fun part. So the audience gets to know you on a personal level outside of the topic that we're going to cover. So there's two options. We could either do an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game. And let's try to keep it rapid so we can get in all the good things that you're teaching. So are you in the mood for a rapid fire? or an icebreaker? I'll have to go with the rapid fire for sure. Okay, here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis and Laura. Do, 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 do. Question number one, favorite color? Blue. Question number two, what is your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Coffee. Question three, are you an Apple, Android, or hybrid user? Apple. Question four, if you could trade places with anyone, would you trade places? And if so, who, or would you remain yourself? I'd remain myself. Question five, what's your favorite book or movie? Oh, oh man. Uh, I really, really love the book, Devil and the White City. Question six. When your kids left and you became an empty nester, how did you feel in that moment when they were no longer at home? Totally lost. Question seven. What advice would you give to a new parent? Ooh. Um, I love the quote, the days are long, but the years are short. Just embrace every moment because it goes by so quickly. Question eight. Since you got into scuba diving, is there a scuba diving person out there that has done amazing things that you would love to scuba dive with? Well, 
Um, I have actually been diving with some pretty famous divers, but if I could rewind time, I would have to say Jacques Cousteau, if we could bring him back again. <laughs> Question nine. If you could have lunch or dinner with any person, past or present, who would it be and why? I would have to say Ernest Hemingway, because um, if you read my book, you'll see that there's some pretty strong connections there in my story. And question 10, it is our pass or play question and here are the rules. If you pass, we switch roles and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you wanna pass or play? Uh, I will, did you say if I play, you ask me another one? If, if you pass. Uh, okay, if, I'll pass. If, okay. so. Oh, but if you pass, you get to ask me a question. If you play, I ask one last question for you. Okay. Um, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, so you're going to pass. I'm going to pass. What's your question? What is your uh, biggest fear about becoming a parent for the first time? Oh, you know what? That is a really good question. I would definitely say just um, putting too much pressure on myself because I think whenever you become a parent for the first time, so many people are giving you so much advice and that advice may or may not work for your child. And just making sure that I have grace and mercy for myself to know that, you know, every day is not going to be the same, but as long as I'm doing my best and I'm, you know, stepping into motherhood and nurturing my baby and everything is okay, then, you know, the rest could be worked out along the way. So I think that's my biggest fear because sometimes people tell you all these crazy, horrific stories going into motherhood, especially labor and delivery. And I'm like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds like you already have a lot of mother wisdom. I think you're going to be a great mom. Thank you so much. And thank you for playing rapid fire. So that concludes the connection part of the segment. So audience, you've now learned a little bit more about Laura. Now we're going to dive into the main part of the segment, which Laura is helping people uncover their dreams. And why does Laura feel qualified to do this is because she uncovered her dreams. She's went through life. And, you know, now she has tools and resources that she has used in her own life that has worked. And now she wants to help other people navigate how to really unlock their dreams. What is their purpose? What is their mission? What does that look like? And et cetera. So, Laura, let's start with the background first of who Laura is. I know we covered some of it in the bio, but give us a synopsis of a little more of who you are because the reason why I ask this is you haven't always been a scuba di into scuba diving you haven't always been an empty nester so there's different things in your background that made you the woman that you are that helped you make a transition and transformation to where you are now okay so let's see I uh as a child I absolutely loved the ocean loved to swim I was a strong swimmer from an early age um one of the opening scenes in my book describes it's a memoir by the way so it's all true it's it's about my life and it describes this like perfect day at the beach and my swimming with my sisters and how I loved the waves and I even um describe how i felt really connected to God in the ocean, even from a really young age. But then I 
made the mistake along with everyone else, all of my other friends of seeing Jaws in the theaters when it first came out and it ruined the ocean for me. I, I just was so incredibly afraid of sharks and uh, swimming in general. I mean, it, it just, it's hard to, if you know, you're a lot younger than I am. So it's hard to describe what it was like to see it in the theater for the first time. And it just was, oh, it was awful. So I went through a period of years uh, without going into the ocean and I'd always wanted to dive. I was a huge Jacques Cousteau fan uh, as a kid. And um, I just, I just put that way on the back burner. I thought I'm never going to do it. Um, but once my kids left the nest, uh, my, I got really depressed as I, you know, um, write about my book and my neighbor and one of my very best friends was, and is a very avid scuba diver. And she said to me, let's just go, let's, I'm going to take you to the Bahamas. Let's just go, let's, you can go just try diving for the first time. So she talked me into it. I went, I tried it. I fell in love uh, with it. On the very, very first dive, I came within inches of a very large shark. And I described this experience in the book. Honestly, if you had asked me to predict what I would do in that situation, before it happened, I probably would have told you that I'd have a heart attack and die, but I didn't. In fact, I emerged um, out of the water with an unbelievable respect and appreciation for sharks. And I just knew in my heart, this is it. Like I am going to become a scuba diver. And so I went back down to the Bahamas uh, maybe a month later to get fully certified. It took me about a week. And, um, you know, the reason why the book is called resurfacing is because I felt like over time learning how to scuba dive allowed me to resurface into my own life and to have something separate from my children wow okay so this is this is interesting so when when you went to the first um scuba diving experience it was with your neighbor in the Bahamas and that's when you came in that close encountering with that shark. And it's funny that you said you just submerge versus like panicking or anything, because for someone who is totally afraid of things, they would have panic. But uh, what helped you remain calm? Was it just you just thinking about it or kind of what, like, how did you feel in that present moment? Well, initially I was terrified when I saw it coming my way. I was absolutely terrified, but I, when you go on this very elementary first scuba diving experience, it's called discover scuba. And, um, they, they kind of, they do give you a little bit of like land training with this like flip chart. Um, and then, uh, they, then you just basically go in the pool with all the equipment and then they take you in the water. And the dive instructor that was with us was very experienced diver and he dives there every day. And so he was with me. And I think when I saw him not react to this thing coming towards us, cause I was right next to him. I, you know, part of me must've thought, well, I mean, how bad can this be if he's just remaining here too? So that was a big part of it, I think of remaining calm. And then once the shark kind of came towards us, like within inches and then swam away, it was pretty obvious that the shark wasn't gonna, didn't want to bite us. He was just, it was just curious, like a dog in a dog park. They're very curious animals. They definitely 
notice changes in their environment. They know when there's somebody new on their reef and they, they come and check you out um, and then they swim away. Wow. Okay. Thank you for sharing that because it definitely helps, uh, helps um, me understand whether it was that fight or flight moment, but then the fact that you saw this um, dive instructor remain calm, it allowed you to reassure yourself that you needed to remain calm as well. And then whenever you came up, that's when you had that aha moment of resurfacing because you needed to find your own identity outside of your mother identity and what you had with your children. So whenever you began to embark upon this resurfacing journey, what were some of the challenges that you that you faced early on? And the reason why I asked this question, audience, just to connect the dots here is whenever we're trying something new, there's always these thoughts that try to pull us back into complacency or that comfort zone because it's outside of our normal paradigm. But in order to truly resurface, you need to be willing to take that leap of faith and keep on looking out ahead and get laser clear focus so you can make those actionable steps. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I, let's see, what were some challenges I faced? Well, as I describe in the book, I, I had this moment where uh, my friend and I and another friend came with us. Um, and that's why the, by the way, the, um, the subtitle of my book is Sisterhood, Sharks and Storms, because there was this sisterhood between us. Um, three women and then the sharks obviously and then there's we can talk about storms later on in the conversation if you want Um, so the three of us are getting ready to board the plane and all I can think about is did I leave enough food for my husband did I email my son's um, you know boarding school uh, math teacher about his math test like I just I really definitely struggled with um, making the transition as you say from even though the kids were out of the house, my son was in boarding school. I I still held that place um, in in that identity of just being like a full time mom and having a hard time doing something just on my own for myself was a, definitely a transition, no question about it. Mm-hmm. And I like that you shared that because I feel a lot of mothers out there can resonate because sometimes whenever they go from being single to being married, your identity becomes part of your husband's identity. So they feel like they lose a sense of their identity. Then whenever these beautiful bundles of joy come into our life, then our other identity is being a mother, assuming those responsibilities and et cetera. So we're losing another piece of ourselves. And then whenever things transition and maybe you're a, G- a Gigi, a Glamma or Gma, your identity shifts. But then I feel like going through those things, we as women need to re- remember that we are still an individual, even though we may wear different hats. And we also need to set up some form of boundaries to let the people we love in our life know, yes, I am this figure and authority towards you, but I also need time for myself. So let's talk about how did you begin to decide that you were going to pen the book Resurface to help other people overcome their their challenges and really find what their purpose was and really tap into going after their dreams because some people feel guilty for going after their dreams mm-hmm. because they, they're like, I can't do that. What's going to happen to my husband? What's going to happen to the kids? What's going to happen over here? Mm-hmm. When in actual, 
actuality, everything will just be fine as long as you just let those people know. And then just tell them, you know what? You're of age and I'm gonna need you to pull your own weight here for a little bit and let's have a balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a great question. So in terms of penning my own book, um, so the other, so, you know, we talked about my childhood dream. So there was the, you know, the loving the water, always wanting to try scuba diving thing. And then the other thing is that from an early age, I absolutely loved to write and to read. And so I had always had this dream of writing a book, but I, so, you know, as you said, I was an English major at Boston College. Then when I graduated, I worked at ad agencies as a copywriter. And then I started writing content, you know, for websites and magazine articles and that kind of thing. But I'd never written a book and I didn't know how to do it. So uh, when all this stuff transpired in my life, like the diving, and there's all kinds of other things that happened in a very short period of time, it was like, okay, now I have the material. This is what I should write about, but I didn't know how to do it. So I actually reached out and found a coach who could teach me how to structure a book because despite having written my whole life, I'd never written a book. And in my, you know, when I was in college, they didn't, there weren't classes in writing a novel or a memoir. There were, you know, some writing classes, but it was mostly about literature and that kind of thing. So I had to first learn how to do it. Um, and then I had to have the, you know, the guts to, as you said, like prioritize myself enough to say, all right, I'm going to carve out this piece of time every day to write. I'm going to give myself this time and I'm going to write this darn book. Um, and so once I actually did it, it, what's so interesting to me is when I tell people I've written a book, they, there's a couple of different reactions. One is, uh, more common than you think is, oh, I've always wanted to write a book. How did you do it? I think there's some statistic, like 70% of all Americans say they want to write a book. So that's one reaction. And then another reaction I get is, wow, how did you do that? Like, I've always wanted to do X, but it just seemed like if like too high of a mountain to climb, right? So maybe your dream is you want to, um, I don't know, climb Mount Everest or run a marathon, but you can't figure out how. I'm able to talk to those people and say, okay, well, the things that I did may not necessarily apply to you because you don't necessarily want to write a book, but I can at least um, encourage you to take the time for yourself, know that you're worth it, and find the resources that you need, the community that you need to achieve that dream. You're going to need a community, probably. Maybe it's a Facebook group of people who've climbed Mount Everest. You know, you need resources. So that's what I did. I reached out to other authors, um, joined Facebook groups, found this coach. It's hard to do anything in a vacuum all by yourself. Absolutely. And that's why I tell people Rome wasn't built in the day. Mm -hmm. Adam couldn't have existed without Eve, even though <laughs> there's different things. We all need some some form of accountability. We all also need a partner. And that's why all of us are in, on this earth to, you know, cohabitate and do life together in order for us to go further and faster. So I like the fact that you sought out a coach and you said, you know what, I have experience in writing and I, this is my degree, but I've never done this. So I need to find an expert in this area to link arms with me, to help me begin to navigate. And then I also like the fact that you, you tell people who want to work with you that 
It may not be the same, but here are some tips and resources that you can do in order for you to uncover your dreams and chase after them. One other thing that I would say from being a coach myself, um, but I focus on visionary, you have to know what your vision is and then reverse engineer it in order to take the steps to walk it out. I ask people, what is your why and who are you? Because so many times in life, people ask, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And that we've got that question all the time when we were a child, but why don't we just start asking who do you want to be? Because the who is going to drive the character, it's going to drive the morals, it's going to drive the values, and et cetera. And then you'll really have some substantial information to go on that you could begin to formulate and help them identify what is that dream? What is that purpose? What is that mission? Dot, dot, dot. So you mentioned um, sisterhood, sharks, and storms. So the last question I want to ask you before we jump into the CTA is, as you were going through this new you and resurfacing, you mentioned early on that there were some storms, things that was happening on the back in the back end. And you're, you're probably like, man, I'm over here trying to resurface, move on up. Mm -hmm. And now these storms and life challenges are happening. So do you want to talk about those storms briefly? Sure. So the, the storms were both actual and metaphorical. So the metaphorical storm is that um, one of the, the three of us in the sisterhood uh, was diagnosed with um, a pretty advanced cancer. And uh, at the same time, her husband of almost 30 years decided that then would be a good time to leave her. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, he did. And, uh, you know, uh, myself and, and Buffy, uh, one of the friends of the book, and then another friend who was kind of on the periphery, but then kind of stepped in, um, took care of her and moved her into an apartment and helped her sell her, you know, home where she raised her children, et cetera. So that was a big storm in my life because she was we were just like sisters. We were so, so close. And it was really hard for me to walk through that with her. Um, and then the other real storm is Hurricane Dorian in the Bahamas, which, you know, absolutely devastated those islands. And we, because we started going over there so much to dive, we became really close to several families. And um, one of them, was swept out to sea during the storm and never found. And so their son, who we were also and are still very close with, um, came to live with us and uh, Buffy here in the States. He's still here. He's just um, graduated from a local college. He got an associate's degree and now we're transitioning him to hopefully find a job or um, maybe go on and get his bachelor's. So uh, that's the silver lining to it. And that's a big part of the book and a big part of the story. And thank you for sharing that. And I'm sorry um, that Buffy had went through that. And man, talk about kick a person when they're down. Like whenever she is going through those, that, tra that tragic news or some news that rocked her, her husband of 30 years decided to do that. And then your emotional ties and connections with the Bahamas. And I can't even... I can't even have words to say that I can relate to 
a child losing their entire family, but I can relate to losing a loved one. I lost my dad in the pandemic, um, November 25th, 2020, the day before Thanksgiving to medical negligence. So I can have some empathy whenever you lose, you know, a parent, but the relationship that you have with each person in your family is tied to a different level of grief and your grief journey is different, but that's commendable that you and your family took um, him in and congratulations to him graduating and all of those things. It's a a beautiful um, story. And it, it goes to show that even though storms may come in our life, you know, at the end of the storm, it's always going to be sunny. And some people say you see the rainbow, but we don't, we don't necessarily see the pot of gold. So it's not like lucky charms, but you do see how the dark seasons can end up turning into our best seasons once we realize that things happen to us, but for us. And hindsight, it doesn't feel that way when we're in the thick of the storm. 100%. Exactly. So Laura, we're going to jump into the CTA, which is our call to action part of this segment. And I want you to share your call to action for the audience today. Once they heard you share a glimpse of your story and some of the other things we talked about. Sure. So if you have found my story compelling and you would like to read my book, it is on Amazon. It is a bestseller. It is, uh, as we said, resurfacing Sisterhood Sharks and Storms, a memoir by Laura DeSisto. There is another book entitled Resurfacing, but my book is very um, clear to identify because on the cover is a diver and she has her arms out and she's looking up. It almost looks like you know, the cross. And uh, yeah, so that's, it's, I love my cover. I absolutely love it. So it'd be easy to find. And if you want to connect with me, you can find me at lauradesisto.com. I'm always open to talking with people about their own dreams and their own journey. And if you want to write a book, I can share whatever resources that I have. And uh, I would say that's, that's about it. So one other question, Laura, do you um, hang out on any social media platforms? And if so, which ones primarily? I really love Instagram. I am at Laura underscore N as in Nancy underscore DeSisto. Um, I I, I am on Facebook, but honestly, like just started getting so political over the years that I just, you know, I want to see like, I want to see your kids, you know, whatever your 18th birthday party. I want to see your family vacation. I don't want to, I don't want to get into like super serious stuff on social media. So I think Instagram's great. Understandable. And your Instagram is backlinked on your website, lauradesisto.com, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. And audience, my challenge for you is to think about how you can personally resurface your life. Um, I want you to take five to 10 minutes once you hear this episode and just have a mind mapping session where you write down all the thoughts that come into your mind, do it, you know, fair, do it without even really thinking about it. Like if you hear a thought that says, I'm not good enough, write it down. Don't even question it yet. Just start to write down everything that pops into your head. And then after you're done within that five to 10 minutes, then go into the reflection and uh, period where you're reflecting on the the thoughts that you wrote down, ask yourself, why did I write this down? How do I feel? And then really begin to go through an analysis so you can understand yourself a little more. And then from there, if you need more help and guidance to help you navigate further, 
reach out to Laura or reach out to myself so we could help you put the puzzle pieces together. But I want to see you do this challenge just so you could commit to something because in order to resurface and in order to shift your paradigm, you have to start with uncovering those things that have been hidden and suppressed in your life for long periods of time. So think about that, y'all. Make sure you like comment, follow, and subscribe. This is on 40 plus platforms, audio base. The video would also be shared on our YouTube channel. And you can find that by going to GEMS, G-E-M-S with Genesis of Marskin. And I will also have Laura's contact information in the show notes. All you have to do is read, scroll on down and tap in with Laura. And once again, her website is lauradesisto.com and all her information is in one place. And lastly, but not least, my big ASK ask is for brand sponsors. It does take resources to continue the platform. So if you want to partner with me and have your products and services heard right here where this show is currently ranked in the top 2% globally out of 2.8 million podcasts, Per the metrics on www.listennotes.com is where you'll see those KPIs. Head on over to my website, genesislamarskemp.net to learn more info or send me a personalized email to genesislamarskemp at gmail.com. One of the things I like to do on this show with subject matter experts like Laura and others is curate content that is educational inspirational or motivational, while we also factor in the need for diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, because it does take all of us making this world a better place and facing our fears. So I like to say, united we stand and divided we fall. You are amazing. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You just need to ignite it, and there's only one you. So be you, and don't let anyone else place you in a box. Until next time. Peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Signing out, Genesis of Mars Kent and Laura DeSisto. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform as well as our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at gems, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.